When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just confess it to anybody who tunes in. The same thing to me. <laughs> anybody who tunes in to this show, and normally over all the different platforms, including the audio, will get about 20,000 after a game. I'm just going to profess my undying love for that man. What an end to that game, Kevin. Did you think, did you think that was possible when Motherwell pulled that goal back? from Blair Spittle. Were you dreaming? Were you thinking, oh no, it's going to be another one of those days? Did you think there was that moment still left in us? I've got an unusable note written down in my notebook after Blair Spittle scores. I can't say it because we're not at the watershed yet. Is it the opposite of my no. feelings for Matt O'Reilly <laughs> right now, is it? <laughs> it is, very much. Yes, because I think I'll share those feelings and say, when I grow up, I want to be Matt O'Reilly. That was unreal. <laughs> what a goal. Unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know this, there, we never stop. You know this mantra, we never stop, right? <laughs> he might have coined it. He might have coined it. But Ange Postacoglu didn't introduce that to Celtic. That's always been a feature of any Celtic team I've watched. I started watching us in the centenary year. It was Ooh. normal. I remember the Christmas video coming out. And Billy Conley making that joke, it's all right, guys, there's 90 seconds to go. You know, there was just that feeling you were going to win the game. And yes. Ange pinpointed it, and, and fair fair play. You know, that was the kind of, the mantra, that's fine. But it's not an Ange thing, it's a Celtic thing, Kev. It is. Um, it's funny you should mention the centenary year for that, because I'm sure it's the centenary year video, the old VHS, mm-hmm. that's out, and I did an interview with Billy McNeil. And he says that as well, you know, it's like there's a... There's a, was it a romanticism about the club. 
fairy tale. Well, no, and then it goes through and it shows through all the fairy tale, the romance, that's it. And it goes through and there's all these last minute goals in the history of the club. And it's true, right? And and made the slogan, we never stop, but it's been there for years. It's always been there. Um, God, it's there and it's always there. Today, Absolutely. There, yeah. It's always there. I've got to say, I, I wasn't convinced it was going to be there after their goal today. I thought Palmer's goal was out. That was it. Three minutes to go, you get in front, we'll see the game out. That's that's us playing to the end. Losing a goal in the 95th minute, you're absolutely gutted. I mean, that takes a strong, strong team to come back from that. Yes, it does. It's, yeah. And yes, what it that does. goal it was as well. It's not even as if, you know, if you, if you remember Kilmarnock a couple of seasons ago, when Scott Brown gets his goal... And it's kind of like the squaffed effort that goes through a ruck of players. It takes about four or five deflections and wrong fits the keeper. This is an awesome goal. Oh, like, the cross from Taylor is unbelievable. He's, yeah. he's calm, he's composed, he's not just chucked the ball in the middle. O'Reilly's run from what 10 yards outside the box or whatever it is, right to the back post. And his no composure, up. his composure, Kevin, at the back post. Unbelievable. Just to cushion it. He doesn't lash at it, he doesn't try and do anything with it. Just he knows if he cushions that one in with the side of the foot, there's only one place it's going. Oh my god, right? I think what my we want, are to... want us to get evicted with the noise <laughs> I made at that goal. Well, somewhere in uh, New Zealand, Ian Conroy is still bouncing around his living room celebrating <laughs> Matt O'Reilly's goal. We're going to compose ourselves. We had a wee moment, Kevin and I. This is indeed a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. This is Kevin McCluskey, and we're going to be talking about the last 99 minutes of football. Um, that we've just watched, probably 101, 102 minutes of football, actually, when you take in the first half injury time as well. There's, For me, we're, we're bouncing back and forward on the messages coming into that last 15 minutes, Kev, and I said it's time for heroes because we're making substitutions. And the, the guy that I actually thought was going to be the hero was, oh, I said it's time for heroes. The hero we thought was going to be Palmer, and I was so delighted that Palmer got that goal because... You know, he's a guy that he's come in and he's been thrown into the action against Feyenoord. Raised a few eyebrows. Um, I don't know if, if Brendan knows who his best right winger is, even though he came on as a left winger today. Um, since Abada has been out injured. But he got he got the shout. It was a difficult environment for him to make his first start for Celtic. And then he drops back to the bench. You mentioned something else earlier on. Um, and it's about what you need. What you need as a team the mentality that you require, the fibre you need to come back from the, the equalising goal. But I think you see it individually in players. You look at players and you think, Palmer needed a bit of that because of the disappointment of Feyenoord. He, he got a lot of criticism for his performance in, in Rotterdam. Unfairly, unjust. He's come on today and straight away, we'll probably work our way back, but straight away, Palmer, I thought, he looked as though he was so intent on running at the Motherwell defence. He really did try to carve it on open a couple of times. Um, but what a finish, Kevin. You're talking about composure. That was an outstanding finish from the man. You know what? He's written himself in at the starting lineup on Tuesday night. He probably has with that goal. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to take a moment, though, and just remind you of the last things I said at the end of the halftime show, because one of my mates texted me about this as well, because I never get these things right. And I said I would put Palmer on instead of Forrest. That's, that would have been my sub if you were That's replacing right. Yang. Yep. So I am absolutely taking all the credit for that goal. Forrest, uh, by the way. Oh. Forrest, there was a couple of moments that Forrest could have been the hero. 
he should have been the header from six yards out. He should have buried that. That was a that summed up the whole game up to that point. That we'd finally managed to create the chance to score, and it just felt to the wrong player. If it's O that gets an end of that, he's a centre forward. He's heading that in. And that that was my reaction. <laughs> right. Well, what I'm going to do, Kev, right, I was well organised. So I had set the stream up prior to the drama, right, which means the Kurgan isn't celebrating the winning goal here. He's celebrating Palmer's goal. So we're actually going to have a view of the emotional roller coaster oh. that everybody has just been on because I'm going to bring some of these up, right? So, yeah, the Kurgan goal, Patrick confirms. It was the Palmer goal. So we're all thinking, yeah, one nothing, we've won it. Brilliant, right? And then we've got the Kurgan that Palmer must start over Maida. We're saying he should start over Yang. Um, and then it moves on, moves on. Marty Boyce talking, I'm guessing, about the challenge on Greg Taylor, which was a shocker mm-hmm. of a challenge. And I'll tell you why I think it was a shocker, right? Taylor's leg plants in the grass. You can see that he's he, the bottom of his leg's rigid for the knee down. And see when that boy goes through him like that, that's a bone snapping challenge. That's what that is. And you can see the leg taking the impact of it. Fair play to Wee Taylor, because he is, in terms of physicality, he's a, he's a he's a wee unit. And he takes the full force of that. Um, and he limps away. Now, minutes later, Kev, he's the guy that needs to have the composure. He's the guy that's probably in pain, by the way, and he still manages to pick out that pass at the back post. I think that's a brilliant point by Marty there that makes you actually see what then happened in the next few minutes. Taylor has come in for loads of criticism this this season. I think he has been absolutely key to this win today. He has been, yeah. I mean, the cross that he puts in at the end is, is what wins the game. Um, but throughout the whole game, I thought he played pretty decent. He was, uh, he was one in the first half that was getting himself into that inverted left full-back position that he was in so much last season and trying to play through balls for Kyogo. It's him that plays the one through when Kyogo has that amazing back heel touch that brings the ball down in front of him. He had a good game. He was he was back to his usual best. And I'm reading some of the comments that are coming in here as well. And like, I think it's Brian Degnan actually that says it. he's got the heart of a, of a lion or something like that. And he does because... You know, you can see at times things don't go well for him and he's got that look in his face at times when he's almost looking around blaming other people. We all do that. There's games though when he gets absolutely clattered and knocked up and in the park and he just gets up and keeps on going and then in the 99th minute or whatever it is, flights in an unbelievable cross to the back post to win you the game. He's a fighter. He keeps on going. But... um. Aye, let's talk about Palmer's goal though, because that was something oh, so else. Good. The one that started it all off from was it the Kurgan that was but what what a goal that is. It's I don't know if it's a shot or if it's a cross, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Because what he's done is he's put it into that danger area that is in that kind of six yard zone between the keeper and the last defender. If anyone gets a touch on that, it's going in. Yes. And if people don't if no one gets a touch on it. If the accuracy is right, it's going right in the corner. And the keepers, keeper can't commit too early to that in case there's a touch. And if he commits too late, that's the end result. It's an absolutely delicious ball that he's played in there. It's delicious. And, uh, it's delicious because it doesn't delicious. matter who's on the end of it, it's going in. Exactly. Yes. I couldn't think of another word to use. And I just thought delicious. It sounds good. Eh? 
But um, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't matter. If someone touches it, it's a goal. If no one touches it, it's a goal. It's undefendable, that kind of cross or shot. We'll, we'll tell. We'll say it's a shot. We'll give them all the credit for it. Absolutely. Now, Kevin, I, I'm really keen to show the emotional ups and downs of the last few minutes of that game because it all happened on the comment section of this stream because I set it up a wee bit earlier. Stephen Sloan comes in. We got lucky today. This is us at 1-0, right? We're at 1-0 here. No plan B from Brendan today. 90 minutes of just playing down the wings with no end product. Why not go two up front the last 20? And Stephen's typing that as we're winning 1-0, right? And then Patrick's coming in. He just calm it down a bit. Sometimes a bit of luck is what you need, bud. 1-1 one, one troops. And this is where it goes into a, a wee bit of meltdown. And this is understandable. And it's at this point, Kevin, that I notice that the people who are waiting to watch the stream jumps by 300 because there's a few trolls starting to join the stream at this stage, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to read your name out because we try and keep it nice and clean. But I'm going to read out your next two messages, right? And you can imagine what the first one, what had just happened there, followed by the second one, right? And I think... That's probably where we all were emotionally. Now, Patrick James Simpson comes in. There is there is the two points dropped, given back to them. All the encouragement they need from playing early. And then Charlie Fury comes in to tell everybody that it's 2-1. We've got people watching this all over the world, Kevin. People are watching it at different times in terms of the stream, uh, the quality of your stream, the timing of your stream. But Charlie comes in and lets everybody know that it's 2-1. All you crying in the comments a minute ago. Ha-ha, bunch of man babies. So, yeah, this is obviously tongue-in-cheek and all about crack. Uh, the Kurgan comes in to say it's a roller coaster supporting this club. Absolutely. Never in doubt. Bohied Bob, never in doubt. And as someone says, Cardiff Carroll, uh, we never stop. Absolutely. And I think in a nutshell that every every single person watching the stream felt exactly the same way, right? Um, so, yeah, it's 1-0. So it's one nothing, right? All you need to do is defend, defend, defend. And I'm looking at that goal because you always do. You're looking at the goal because of the post-mortem. Uh, how did they manage to equalise? How did we allow it to happen? Who's responsible for it? And I've watched it three or four times, Kevin. There's so many bodies in front of the Motherwell player. Is it just a good finish? Could someone have done better? Because I'm looking at it. I'm not trying to blame somebody, but I'm always looking to say there's the source there of us losing that goal and losing two points potentially. I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. We we win the defensive header. We probably don't defend the second ball good enough at the edge of the box. That's a, that's a midfielder issue, probably Turnbull should defend that better. But you know what? It was a decent finish, but you can't admit it at the time. Maybe I can only admit that because I know we won the game. What what were you, was your thoughts in terms of defending that corner and defending the, the Motherwell attack? Uh, well, my thought when the ball went into the back of the net, I can't repeat, but it was similar to one of the comments that came up a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, do you know, I was, I was just more gutted than anything else. Because, again, you're watching all the replays of it. And right, I've got a view that every single goal is, that you can see is avoidable. Right? There's something that happens along the line that you could do better and you stop that goal. But the throw-in comes in, Scales wins the header and knocks it out. It falls to a Motherwell player, so maybe we can get someone in on top of them a wee bit quicker. The only fault I've got, and it's not even a fault as such, it's a, it's clutching at straws to, like inverted commas, blame someone for the goal. Is it scales maybe commits a wee bit too soon to try and intercept the pass that goes to Spittle? And as soon as he's out of the game, 
Spitler's got half a yard and he uses it and scores. But I think that's been really harsh to blame Scales at all for that goal. Uh, it is, it's just a good goal. The boy got half a yard and he used it well. Mm-hmm. If it's up the other end, if it's Rio Hatati that does it at the other end, we're raving about the goal because yep. He's, yep. he's taking the half chance that he's got. So I think this is just one of those goals that you can't blame anyone for. It's happened in the 95th minute. So you're just, you're crestfallen, you're gutted and uh, you maybe do want a wee scapegoat, but there isn't one for that. There, there was just composure, really composed yeah. to slot it Absolutely. away, right? And, do you know, you've got to give him all the credit in the world for that as well, because they've lost a goal with three minutes to go. And for the last 15, 20 minutes before that, they'd be getting deeper and deeper and going into a defensive shell. It's really hard to then switch and try and become the attacking team again after that. It's the whole kind of the, the mindset change again has to be really quick that you're now trying to attack and take the game. Um, so give Motherwell credit, actually, for coming back and creating that chance and give the boy the credit the composure to finish it. And it's dead easy to say that now in the light of day that we've ended up getting the three points. You know, I'd, I'd probably be a little bit more uh, still disappointed about losing that goal if we didn't get the winner. Of course. But Kevin, see, see it 1-0. I'm looking at it thinking to myself, if we do, if we do, and I'm not a pessimist, by the way, but if we do lose a goal here, I can't see us getting the winner. I just felt that we had oh. done that bit to get the goal and it was almost as if we were out of steam a bit. I couldn't see another wave. I really couldn't see it if, if Mullerwell pulled the goal back, which they did. But we went on, and I'm going to come back to the mentality and the character of the of the team. I'm also going to come back to how galvanising uh, performances like that can be uh, as well. Because let's yeah. not forget, games like Ross County away in the 97th minute, remember Tony Ralston, it's a famous, it's and it's rightly famous. It's like almost a turning point. It's a moment it could have gone either way in that season. Either way for Angie's team, but it went our way. And uh, we deserved it, but it's a big, big moment. Today's a big moment as well. And I'm really keen to get people's thoughts on it. James Pearson, 88. I don't think I've seen you coming up on the comments so far. So welcome to the show, James. Our spirit will never be broken. Every man fighting for the cause this afternoon. Yes, that's the feeling that I've got. And Joe Fulham just simply says, time for an early drink. Joe, enjoy it. Whatever you're going to drink and wherever you are, you enjoy that. Now, Patrick James Simpson is uh, reminding me of a story. He says, I smashed my glass after they scored. Um, and he's still not happy because later on he says it was a 30 quid glass too. What are you drinking out of? 30 quid glass? It reminds me of the story. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but see when Bobby Murdoch was at school, uh, not at school, at Celtic, his two wee brothers played for Celtic, right? Billy and James also played for Celtic. So there was three... Murdoch brothers all played for Celtic at the same time, Kev. One was obviously the unbelievably talented Bobby Murdoch, who went on to become a Lisbon line. Uh, Billy played with the Quality Street kids, and his younger brother played with the third team um, at the time. And I was talking to Billy, his brother, and I just asked him about Lisbon. I'm always interested to hear, where was Jinky's wife at Lisbon? Where where were you at Lisbon when the Lisbon Lions were playing? Um, And I asked... Bobby Murdoch's wee brother, where he was, he says, oh, we watched it in the living room. We watched it, and I never forget, because I got into trouble, because when we scored the winning goal, I jumped up and smashed the light. 
she, and he says it was a, it's a beautiful lampshade as well. It was just the by-the-by nature of it. That was his memory of Celtic winning the European Cup and his big brother playing in the game. Oh, I jumped up, smashed my head against the light. So I have your, you've got my sympathy, Patrick, and hopefully that is replaceable. Uh, Michael the boy, big three points. It is. We're just saying that these games, these moments, you look back on them at the end of the season, you say, by the way, had, had that gone the other way, it could have really adversely affected the rhythm the rest of the season, Tuesday night. But you know what? We've got it in our own hands now because we won the game. Marquis, this is where you've got to say, Rogers, the in-game management. What did we talk about at halftime, Kev? In-game management. Winning a game within the game, right? Not before the game, not having that tactical masterclass where, you know, you, you go out and you win the game 3 nothing because you've absolutely outfoxed the manager. It was up against a very, I think, a very good manager today in Stuart Kettlewell. And I think Motherwell, after the event, you can look at what they did. Yeah, there was there was moments in that game where they've got 10 guys in the box. But fair play, they're defending. They're defending against the best team in the country. So there's 10 guys in the box to stop us from playing and cutting them open. But what Brendan Rodgers did do when he, when he realised you know, they were going toe-to-toe and it was very, very evenly matched, that's when Rodgers, I think, comes into his own. He's made the changes and the changes made the difference, didn't they? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They did. And uh, they were fairly brave changes to make, I think. In a way, maybe not so much Palma for Maeda because... It just wasn't by this day today. He wasn't getting much joy. But it's a brave change to take off Kyogo, who's your top goal scorer, and bring on O, who's really featured this season when you need a goal. He made brave changes. Um, and they did. They worked. They won as the game. Palma gets that goal. Unbelievable goal. I'm just going to have to say that over and over again. It was some goal. But yeah, then game management was there because, again, we never panicked. It was the one thing that you could see about it. Probably as a fan, you're sitting watching that game and you're becoming more frustrated with how we're playing because maybe we don't seem to be changing things too much or there doesn't seem to be the urgency. And that was a big thing. I was getting really frustrated. There was no urgency at times. But we we just managed the game and we did. We kept on going. We wore them down. It's not luck that we've scored when we've scored. You know, we kept on at them. Um yeah, really, really, in the end, a really good second half performance, I suppose, mm-hmm. because of that lack of panic and because it was, it was really professional. But yeah, I was actually, I don't know, I'm going to say this, I was looking at my notes. So about 87 minutes after Palmer scores, I finished the end of a page and I'm always 
don't like starting a fresh page going into the 90th minute because I'm thinking there's no notes that I'm going to write here. I've written about two pages of notes from the 90th <laughs> minute onwards. <laughs> that's how fantastic. That's how crazy a game this was. But, but again, it's all down to the, the way that we managed the game. And you can say that in those final five for seven minutes after the 90th minute, you know, the players kept their heads and managed their way through to the end to score a goal right at the death. Um, it's not luck. As I, someone's kind of put that in the comments as well. It's not luck that we've done this. This is we've won the game in the regulation span of the game. Yeah, there's nothing flicky about it. The two goals are excellent goals, and we've shown great heart and spirit to keep on going after losing a goal so late on. And for the stat heads out there, Motherwell's expected goals against this season and if we get over the course of the season, it's one point one goals against. So they're a tough team to break down. Yeah. We should be expected to go there and, and hit three or four goals. We've gone there, we've scored two goals. So I think we can be very, very happy with the way that's all panned out. No, you're you're absolutely spot on. And Ian, I'm not sure if we actually spoke about it at half time or if it was after the show was finished and the three of us were watching the game for five minutes before going about our business. But Ian Conroy said at half time that this Brennan Rogers team there, there needs to be a bit of patience. And I get what he means because Ange Postacoglu was playing that rock and roll football, that kind of you know free-flowing stuff that it was all about scoring two and then trying to get a third and then a fourth. And the example that was used that you brought up was the, the game at Aberdeen where we're, we're winning 2-1. And under Ange, you're going for a third, you're going for a fourth. But it was almost like we just killed the game. There was a period of that game, nothing happened. Aye. Absolutely Aye. nothing Aye. happened. We never created a chance. A, they never created a chance. A gap of 25 minutes of my notes in that game where you go yep. like 55 minutes, something happened, and then it's 75, 80 minutes before something happened. But mm -hmm. we just bossed that game. We controlled it. Yeah, and it's strategic. And sometimes it's frustrating, especially if for two years uh, the normal way that we would go about business is different. Under Brennan Rogers, today, games like today, we're going to see it. And I think if eventually what happens is it instills a bit of a belief in the system so that when you're sitting there, even at 95 minutes, believing that you're still going to win the game, which is sensational. Joe Fulham um, brings out a point, and it is, it is a point. It's not a cliche. I think it's a very good point. These are league-winning results. You know, at the end of the season, you remember the goals and the games that clinch a league title. You always do. I mean, the centenary season that I've mentioned you remember the Dundee game, the 3 nothing game, right? Morris and Walker scores two. You remember every moment of it. But there, there was moments during that season, last-minute goals, you know, that clinch, clinch very, very difficult games. People, when they talk about that centenary season, will remember the, the sun-drenched Hamden pitch when McAvenny scores the two against Dundee United. How many people remember beating Stranraer away from home 1-0 and Pat Bonner saving a penalty? You know, because that was in the earlier rounds. You don't really recall that. You remember the, the sunny bit at the end. And you're right what you say, Joe. These are the league winning results. We'll look back on moments like this. And it's easy to forget just how well Motherwell played. You could probably say, ah, oh, three losses in a row. They've had a cracking season. And actually, the end of last season since Kettlewell came in, they've done really well. I'm going to bring this up as well, Stephen, right? Stephen Wolf makes a point. If anybody walked in on me, when we scored that winning goal and they didn't know I was watching football, right? They would have thought I needed sectioned. Where else on this planet, Kevin, 
can you behave the way that football makes you behave without somebody coming in with a white coach, right? Because, Stephen, you say, how do we feel excited after that? That was a joke. I'm sorry. That I could we could have been playing Hamilton Ackies and it was one 0 That's how I'm celebrating. That's what football does to me. That's what Celtic does to me, right. kid. That you need that outpouring of absolute sheer unbridled emotion, and that's what Celtic gives you. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you're not happy and going mental after scoring a last minute winner in a game, any game. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> really, it's what it's what football's all about. It's one of the great things about it. Is the emotions like that. Like I sit here, so obviously I'm sitting in in sunny Budapest at the moment. I've got my windows open because it's still really nice and warm here. And it's the middle of the afternoon. No one else where I live is watching this game. I just wonder what they think when they hear this mad Scottish voice giving it a big, yeah, <laughs> you know, for no apparent reason. You know, it's... It's, it's they'll, be think, they'll be thinking there's some kind of ritual goes on on a Saturday afternoon uh, around your place. You know, they'll be like, oh, that's, that's, right. that strange guy with the beard, Kev. He does stuff that's on a Saturday. It. Nobody quite knows what it is, but he makes a lot why. of noise. Nobody's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. ventured into become a friend yet either, so um, maybe that's the reason why. <laughs> see, even your cat's nowhere near. You normally, Perlo normally exactly. makes a wee he's, um, appearance. He's given up on you. He's Just hiding a, under a sofa somewhere. Yeah. Joseph McGonagall, who told us actually that it was Jamesy Forrest that had come on at halftime. What an end to a match. That didn't offer much. Uh, uh, sorry. What an end to a match that didn't offer much. Champions mentality. 100%. Yeah, that, that's what we're getting at. And I want to talk about the mentality just before we wrap up, because that's been a very quick show, actually, because the first 15 minutes was just me and Kevin uh, gibbering nonsense because mm-hmm. we were still buzzing after scoring the winning goal. Patrick James, uh, Simpson, give well credit. They are a hard-working side that have improved massively. They have. And, you know, I also think you look at um, what uh, Robinson's done at St Mirren. Uh, St Mirren have improved immensely. And these are guys, for me, that... Um, they go to a club with, with a very very small budget and everything they do, they need to maximise it. They they don't get the, the opportunity to buy nine players, Kev, and for six of them, no really, to make an impact. Everything, every move they make has to work because they're, they're working in such constraints. So, yeah, I think we've given Motherwell and we've given Kettlewell loads of credit today. Uh, they played a massive part in that game and we really had to step up and win the game. Um, and, yeah, we, we do have the people who can do it who step up now. Um, it's always great to see you, Mark. Uh, welcome back to the show, my friend. It might be cliche to say, but after a week of hard work, just getting by and wondering if it's all worthwhile, it's purely Celtic FC that makes life worth living after moments like today. Hail, hail. Listen, don't take these words lightly. This is what Celtic does to people, Kev. This is what the, this is what it offers. This is why we love it. It doesn't matter what they do to you, you know, there's things in your life that change throughout your life. It can change just about anything from your political party to your religion, but Celtic's always there. And sometimes they trip you up. And so, you know, but what they do give you, like today, as Mark says, are special moments like that. Don't tell me it's just Motherwell at Fur Park. It doesn't matter because it's just that emotional outburst when we scored that second goal. Um, I don't want to finish up without talking I about three Try players. telling the hundreds of folks that ran onto the park. So try telling the hundreds of folks that ran onto the park when O'Reilly scored that that didn't mean anything. 
Willem Kaysen. Uh, that means a, a lot to a lot of people. Exactly. A party, what I'm saying, Kev, is aimed at Willie Collum. It's aimed at the officials. It's like he's given O'Reilly a telling off like he's one of his school kids. He's just yeah. scored the winning goal in the 99th minute, mate. Have you never played football? Aye. Have you never supported a football team? This is what the moments yeah. are all about. That's why you do it. So Exactly. And the, the booking of a player for celebrating a goal, I think is one of the craziest rules I think I've ever seen in the game. The game's all about scoring. And if you score a 99th minute winner, I think you're going to be a wee bit emotional about that. You know, you might not just stop and applaud yourself politely. You're going for it. And uh, oh, it's, it's a great thing to see as well, actually, the fans getting involved. Although maybe the club will get in trouble for it. For breaking, you know, but they know now. On, but, but they know if anybody, if the stewards start giving them hassle, Brendan will be right in there. He'll still. Brendan's right there. Brendan's going to carry every single one of them back into the stand, um, <laughs> bit by bit. Brent, Brendan is winning the favour of everybody back, Kev. It, right. it seems that way. Yes, and you know, if, if you keep on winning games, it's pretty difficult to dislike someone. Eh? No, you're right. And and look, David, it means everything to me. So we're, we're an emotional bunch. Celtic are an emotional club. I don't know what it's like to support another football team, uh, but I do remember being told once that there were emotional football clubs and it was a bit different support than that type of football club and Celtic are in that bracket. Um, I've got to give big credit like to Scott to go Rain. And watch other teams because I have to do it here. Yeah. And the feeling's not the same. No, there's no emotional attachment, is there? This is the thing. This is why... People say to me sometimes, support your local team. And I say, well, local to what? Local to my geographical default, local to my state of mind, local to my background, local to my heritage. So I support the team that I was born and supporting. Now, I might have lost you there, Kev. Uh, maybe there was an yes, emotional I I... overload, but you're back. But you're back. I think, I think that's what it was. I, I, it's uh, probably my internet's just had enough of me talking nonsense for the last few while. But I, I think what I was saying was I've, I go and watch football here because this is where I am. And there is a team that I go and watch fairly regularly with absolutely no emotional connection for me to. It's just going to watch a game. The club that I go is a team called Vashash. And like, it just doesn't feel like there's the same connection between fans and team and players. It can be soulless at times. Yeah. But you don't get that with Celtic. It is, there is something there that just kind of binds us all together. And it's... Oh, it means that I can sit here and talk to you about it as if we're next to each other because it's it's the thing that brings people together. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, Liam um, Carrigan, who obviously contributes to Axon on a Tuesday from Celtic Down Under, he watches the game with, with his old man, but his old man's in Glasgow and yeah. Liam's in Japan. But they both tune in and they're talking to each other through the game. This is what Celtic does. It can take you from one side of the world and re-engage with your old fella back in Glasgow is tremendous um, I, I need to give some credit I've already told you I love Matt O'Reilly that's fine but I need to give some credit to Scott Bain and Liam Scales today I think the two of them um, and I'm not saying that the, the other two centre-halves who were on the pitch in Phillips and Lagerbelk had bad games but Scales continues to be that player he's putting his body in the way everything He's winning headers, he's winning tackles. He's he, For me, he, he's had another brilliant game. You'll remember the goals after today. But what I'm saying is, we had two saves from Bain. At 0-0, at zero, zero, by the way, both of them. Mm-hmm. And and they're tremendous saves. The reaction, the reflex saves, he saves them both with his feet. He got a bit of stick. Yeah. Um, I was even got, thinking... He got some stick to me before the game. Yeah. <laughs> 
Two brilliant saves and skills was outstanding, and, you, and we can't forget yeah. that because, like the commenter said earlier on, that was that was a team, not a team of eleven, a team of eleven plus all the subs fighting tooth and nail for each other to get that result. And I thought those two players were fantastic as well. Yeah, I think so. And it's one of the things I, I think I want to do this more often when I'm on the match days is try and remember the saves that the keepers make when it's at nil nil, because it's so easy right? at the end of the season if we win the league. We can look back to this game and we'll go, oh, Mike Matt O'Reilly's goal in the 99th minute, whatever it was, to win the game. Brilliant. Do you remember the saves that Scott Bain made at 0-0, though? That everyone will forget them by the time it comes to the end of the season. But Motherwell don't lose many goals. So if Motherwell score first, there's a good chance they're going to win the game 1-0 or we're going to sneak a one-all draw. Bain's saves were massive. You can't underestimate them. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd said before the game, I have a few heart and mouth moments with him. He was excellent today. He did everything he had to do. And I really, really thought I jinxed Liam Scales as well, though, because one of my notes in like 93 minutes here is going like, Scales, five games in the league, no goals against, you know, need to revise opinion. And then two minutes later, we lose a goal. So really happy for him that we got the win. But he was he was excellent again. Right. He's uh, he's coming. He's he's really stepped up, you know. From a, a maybe a dodgy game against was it St. Mirren? No, sorry, St. Johnston. First time around, where their two chances came from his mistakes. Everything since then has been pretty much spot on, and he was on it again today, you know. So yeah, give those two credit as well. It's almost no, it's not almost. It is as important as the goals that we got. Their defensive contribution. Well, listen, I've said this before. Uh, we've got eight centre-halves now, if you include Iwata, who has played most of his yeah. senior football in that position. I don't think he's a centre-half. I think he's a centre-midfielder. But, you know, what do I know? I was going to play Seagrass today. Anyway, of the eight, though, the big conversation is around, you know, who partners Carter Vickers when everybody's fit. From what I've seen, right, I've not seen enough of Novroski, but he's injured. From what I've seen, Scales partners Carter Vickers because I've seen two... Uh, performances from Phillips, one full half, and then today, obviously, got half an hour today. So I've seen a 45 minutes and a 30 minutes from Phillips. I've not seen anything that um, worries me about the player, but I've seen enough from Scales to know that at this moment in time, he's the best centre-half we've got on form under Carter Vickers. So I think he has. He's, yeah. he's proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and has, fair play to him. It's mental to think that during the summer, if we'd sold him, no one would have batted an eyelid. No. And he's gone from probably being the sixth or the seventh choice out of those eight to being second choice now alongside Carter Vickers. Yeah. Because you haven't seen it. You'd probably say uh, Navrotsky should be in there. It should be Carter Vickers and Navrotsky on paper. But we've not seen enough of him to know for sure. Outperformed Lagerbilka, I think, in the game so far. Carter Vickers has to play if he's fit. So it should be Carter Vickers and Scales, and that's estimate what to him. a turnaround. I know there was somebody, I think, who was doing the half times maybe, or at the beginning of this, put in the uh, Scales is like um, this team's Charlie Mulgrew, player that can uh, came back into the team with no expectations, could easily have gone, and no one would notice. But has slowly just come in, built everyone's trust, not done anything fancy, just done what he's had to do. 
and he's putting in kind of solid performances. So it's his jersey to lose. Um, and let's hope he can put in another performance like that against Lazio in midweek. Just one where he's, if he's got to defend, he defends and does the job and does the basics and gets us through that game also. Incredible. Uh, yeah, it might, it might remind you of Charlie McGrew, but he will never have that mane really? of hair. You'll never have the hair. That that is <laughs> sensational. Um John Taggart, bring on Lazio. I love this. I love it. Brilliant. Yeah, that's what it does. It absolutely fills you with enthusiasm. And Gerald, this comment reminds me of what happened in the three nothing game at Celtic Park uh, two Februarys ago when we obviously only had Celtic fans in the ground against Rangers. We beat them three nothing. And I remember I was at the game with uh, two of the guys that were there. Big shout out to Mikey Ward, uh, who I don't know if he actually listens, but he's a big Celtic fan and obviously in the music industry and all the rest of it. And he's big pals with Kyle Faulkner and all that. Unfortunately, both of those guys are in Spain that weekend that were playing the game or they might have been wearing the hoops. And he disappeared for about 10 minutes after um, the third goal to find his glasses, which had landed about six rows down from where we were sitting. Listen, you should be glad it's just your glasses. It might be you yourself. I've seen that happen. People just disappearing rows and rows in front of you. Um, I've really enjoyed that. It's fantastic. Before the game, I'm going to put this out here. Before the game, we, Jamie Tierney, actually visited us in the studio with his dad and his mum. He came in. He was having a look through the Celtic jerseys and everything that he's been sending in. Um, I've not had a chance to thank everybody individually, but I've got four or five messages to send. And of course, I'll put them out on the socials as well. Came in today, another one arrived. So uh, we, Jamie and his family, are so appreciative. If you want to get involved in that, then you can get in touch with us because we're collecting. I said Celtic jerseys. We've been given loads of donations of other things. I've got a Peter House in print out there of Henrik Larsson signed by Henrik Larsson. I just noticed the day that it's signed by Henrik Larsson. Seriously, when I was showing it to Jamie's dad. Um, So people are donating incredible items. Um, Quite a lot of them will be auctioned off at the charity ball next month for we, Jamie. The rest of them, we are getting signed and framed and we're uh, gradually putting them through our process of live events and on the socials, making as much money as we can for the wee fella. So that, that is superb. Thanks everybody for that. Really appreciate it. And if you've got a wee minute and you fancy clicking the link underneath this video, you can vote for a Celtic state of mind. We're up for a couple of awards in November doing in Liverpool. Um, so we would love to bring them back up the road. Um, we'll no mention it. Seriously, we won't put it in our graphics. We won't mention the fact that we've won them. But it would be very, very satisfying if we did. I've got to thank every one of you. 1,600 strong on the post-match. Thanks every single one of you for getting involved. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure this afternoon. And thank you once again, Ken McCluskey, for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Thanks, nice Paul. Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.